live streaming video or video on demand? What's the difference? And what's best for your church? We're going to talk with Matthew Fridge, Emmy-nominated filmmaker, next on the Church Solutions Podcast. It's the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by StreamingChurch.tv. The Church Solutions Podcast is all about helping you and your church with technology and other encouraging ideas for ministry. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. Today we have a special guest. Yes, we do. Who do we have today? (laughs) Doing some awkward things here. Uh, So we have Matthew Fridge with us. And Matthew is actually an an Emmy-nominated filmmaker. Uh, He's also the founder of Church Video Coach, which we'll get into in a little bit with him. Uh, He's actually done some work over the years, uh, done some production for the NFL, the NFL, by the way. Super Bowl's coming up. Are we allowed to say Super Bowl? Probably not. Uh, Anyhow, the big game is coming up soon. And uh, Discovery Channel, he's done some work with Fox, GNC. GNC, they do vitamins, right? Is that is that what they do? Okay. Yep. Uh, Velocity Network, Freethink Media, Martin Guitar. A little hint, Martin Guitar. I'm sure he's probably a, a guitar player. And uh, his passion, of course, is is, is telling the stories uh, with a cinematic approach. And, and for those of you uh, wondering, yes, he's involved in ministry. He served as an associate pastor. And worship leader for nearly 10 years and his really his vision and his goal is to see churches use video effectively to communicate uh, the gospel and to do it in creative ways so matthew welcome to the church solutions podcast how are you today great i'm doing great thanks so much for having me it's awesome right. to be hanging out with you guys well good it's it's good you're from pittsburgh the pittsburgh pennsylvania area which is kind of my neck of the woods i grew up in youngstown ohio down below and used to go to pittsburgh quite a bit so uh, we're glad to have you here. Uh, so, so Matthew, uh, we're going to throw a bunch of really hard questions at you today. Fire away. Uh, I, 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 I stumbled across uh, an article that you wrote for, I think, Church Tech Magazine called Live versus Delayed Streaming or something like that. And our company does streaming video as well as lots of other things. And uh, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about live versus delayed streaming. Is that okay? Let's do it. All right, good. So I guess the first question I'm, I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to let Steve Lacey also throw some questions here, is that, uh, uh, you know, especially during the pandemic here, uh, lots and lots of churches are getting involved in streaming video, which is good for us and obviously good for them because many people, you know, either aren't going to church or can't go or whatever. Um, talk a little bit about the difference between live streaming and what, what a lot of people refer to as VOD or video on demand. And I want to talk a little bit about the pros and the cons to each and kind of get your opinion on some of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, the funny thing is I wrote this article in 2015 originally. Wow. And VOD was not at that time a term that I felt I could just throw out and people would know what it meant. Nowadays, it's totally different. So recently um, reworked the article because of the difference in the last five years, but especially the difference in the last nine, 10, 12 months. Um, So really, you know, obviously I would say the difference between live and video on demand is live is anything that is, is happening is, is being viewed in real time 
uh, and video on demand being something that you could um, watch at any time. And um, some of those lines have been blurred and we, I'm sure we can talk a little bit more about what, what that blur is. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just jump into it. How, how have the lines been blurred? Because especially people that are new to video and streaming video, it's like, well, I, I, I isn't this live streaming? I'm watching Amazon right now. I mean, uh, tell us a little bit about how it's blurred. Yeah. Well, I mean, traditionally live meant that what you're watching on the screen is somewhere being captured at the same exact time. And that's definitely true. But uh, with all different sort of streaming platforms and, and things that you can do with them, not always does the live video or the live experience have to be captured at the same exact time. It could have been captured beforehand and streamed in a manner that looks live. And that's a really big deal for churches, I think, um, because that allows you to have the appearance of live without the stress of the live, you know, production. Um, but it, it, but if you only had video on demand, you kind of lose the, the exciting and the, 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 the good bits about live. Um, you know, if you read any stats now, a day's live video, if you have that little live bug in the corner, you know, the engagement, the, um, the, the viewership, the, the length of viewership is all much higher than video on demand uh, is. So it, it's kind of cool to be able to have both things if you want it. Yeah. I, your, your point of defining the live versus on demand, it's kind of funny. You know, we've lived in this world for a long time, but we're, we still get, Phil, I'm sure you get these people too, that, that they just, they, they ask us to explain what is, what is on demand? They kind of understand live, but they don't understand what is, you know, what is on demand and why would I want to do on demand? And, and so it's interesting that you, you know, you started your article out with clarifying what the differences were. So yeah. that's, that's pretty interesting. So um, another just comment, you, we talk about live and I guess you worked with the NFL, even live is really not live, right? On television. It's, it's yeah. slightly delayed, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> especially since um, some Super Bowl mishaps in the past, um, <laughs> introducing a, a delay for sure. Yeah, where people are are watching the broadcast uh, live and, you know, maybe muting or bleeping or cutting feed or whatever has to happen um, because it's delayed by, you know, four or five, six, seven seconds. Um and uh, so, yeah, I mean, that that is definitely true that even live may not be live. Specifically. Right. Yeah, we used to, we used so, to have a seven-second delay in, in radio but because I'm an old broadcasting guy. But uh, go ahead, Steve. Sorry. So there's, there's a certain dynamic or uh, emotional appeal differences between live and on-demand. Can you talk a little bit more about the differences in um, you know, audience um, emotions or how they, they relate to, you know, live versus on demand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in the article, I talk a little bit about the idea of, um, you know, the family or, or people sitting down to the TV on Friday nights at seven o'clock. And um, you know, that's just, it, that doesn't happen much anymore. You know, I mean, my kids are 
on a device watching something um, from a library, you know, whether it's a Disney or whatever it is, and they're just, they just watch it whenever they want. And so there have only been a few times with all my kids recently that we've sat down and watched something. And so live has this special, the specialness. This is something that's happening right now, or, or you can only view it right now. And there's, um, it's eventized almost like the, I, and, and that's a very powerful in marketing. Cause I, I actually own a marketing company. That's kind of my main thing. And to eventize something means, you know, it's like really to push all of your effort to this one moment in time and, and get everybody to watch something online, go to a concert, you know, our services, right. Our eventized, um, you know, Sunday morning at 10 a.m. or whatever, this, these events, they're all sort of funneling traffic and, and momentum into one moment in time. Video on demand, on the other hand, is when it is just out there, there's, there's no urgency, there's no scarcity. Um, and so when something is available at any moment, at any time, uh, there, there's um, much less engagement with that because I think in our minds, we think, oh, anytime I could just watch this. Um, recently, I produced a, um, uh, a Nutcracker um, feature-length Nutcracker film, and, and, and we did two things with it. We played it at you know Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night at 7 p.m., and then we offered it on demand. Now, it wasn't live because we you know, edited it and filmed it over a period of a couple of months. But there was such a stark difference between the revenue and the viewership on those three nights than the whole two months afterwards. I mean, it was night and day. So um, there's really something to be said about the power of live or eventized video. Mm, yeah. Right. So if I, I was just saying... I'm still Steve again, sorry. Uh, so if I'm a pastor listening to this podcast, and we have maybe two or three listeners um, to this podcast, uh, I'm, I'm being funny. But um, <laughs> what what should I do if I if I'm you know if I'm if I'm in pastoral ministry if I'm you know working with my church executive pastor or even media guy? I mean, should I just say, hey, we're just not going to do VOD ever, and we're just going to do live? I mean, what would you recommend? Uh, for me as a pastor listening to this Church Solutions podcast? Yeah, well, I think a hybrid approach is really the best way to go. Um, I think um, whether you're all the way at, like you have an app on Roku or Apple TV, or you have a YouTube channel or a Facebook uh, uh, watch page or whatnot, like the combination I think is super powerful. Um, I think by having live video, whether it's a service or an event or something like that, um, where you have these moments where you can gather people and gather traffic around your church or if you're a company around your brand. And, and, and then while, while they're there to be able to have other videos, oh, look, look at these other videos that they have or look at these other services or um, maybe you're in a series of messages. Well, if you, if you're in the third of three messages, um, and I, and I come to your live online service, I'm, I might be very interested in hearing the first two 
So uh, having those on demand would be fantastic. And, um, but I think we also have to talk about the, the difference in expectations from live and on demand from a viewer point of view in terms of quality and um, production value and things like that. So quality being, okay, we're going to do this. This is live, but if I'm going to watch something that's been pre-recorded and I'm going to have a different expectation. So I'm going to probably think, Hey, this is, this is on demand. There should be more bells and whistles associated with this as opposed to live, live being more raw. Uh, is, is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah, I think, I think this is changing, but um, I think there is, there's a more forgiveness, I think in viewers for live. Um, you know, I think even as a, in, in the, on the production side, when we would do live stuff we were always like, well, you know, that little blip or that little mistake, or we forgot to, you know, do that. No one's ever going to see it again. Right. Um, so it wasn't a big deal because the, you know, you had the rest of the show to be great. Right. <laughs> it's not the case anymore. You know, you're going to take that live video and you're going to turn it into an on-demand piece of content. Now, whatever that mistake was, will be played over and over and over again for every viewer. Um, so there, there might be some, maybe some post-production that you might want to do if you're going to have that piece of content live in an on-demand world. Um, whereas if it was just live, you, you might not okay. worry about it so much. Yeah, it's there and then it's gone. I, I can think back of my wife and I will sometimes watch a show that we've pre-recorded on our DVR and uh, she's really good at catching mistakes, you know, depending on what type of show it is. Like, hey, look at them. Let's back it up and look at it again. Yeah, see, they left the <laughs> Starbucks cup there, you know, or something <laughs> like that, you know. So that's kind of what you're getting at, I, I guess, right? Yeah. 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 So as, um, as you were talking here, I'm thinking about the shift in culture over the years. Um, like you said, um, when I was growing up, you – you arrived for the event, you know, it was the 60 minutes was going to be on at whatever, 6 p.m. on Sunday evening and you were there or you missed it. I mean, it was, um, that was kind of there. And so you, your attention span, I think was, was more focused on the, you know, that event. And as time has gone by and technologies get introduced and we're shifting to now I can, um, I can have it on demand or I can, as Phil was talking to, I can stop it and go do something else. You know, um, the, the church historically has been, I go Sunday morning, right. And I show up for Sunday morning and they've got all of my focus while I'm there, I'm paying attention, you know, and things are shifting now, you know, even with uh, a lot of the younger adults, the attention spans are just, so are have we're coming really short. I mean, if you wanted to put an hour message on Instagram, you would not have anyone following you, right? Because all the only stuff that's going to work is going to be, you know, under 15 seconds or so. So the church is kind of sh allowing some of this shift take place to kind of meet where the culture is at. Um, have you seen, is there things that the church can do to, um, just kind of adapt to this change. You know, if this, you know, if it continues on church may look really different next year, church looked really different this year. Right. Um, and so as we go forward, what, what do you, what do you feel like, uh, 
some of the things that that we can do as a church to either leverage live or on demand? Are there things out there that um, the church can control that we couldn't control before that's available to us? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Oh man, this is such a great, I mean, we could do a series of podcasts just on this, this question alone, because I think, uh, you know, so for me, I grew up in a, a fun little church. We, when you went out, you, you, you might've been there for two hours, maybe two and a half if the preacher was really on fire. And, um, and you know, uh, that was good. You know, I think, um, you know, maybe two or three hours at church, people even today going, you know, even pre-COVID wouldn't, wouldn't have done that. But the idea being basically like once you're there, it's a thing. It's a, you're there, you're an event, like you were saying, Steve. Experience. Um, yeah. It's an experience. You know, if you get dressed up for a 30-minute service, you might feel like, why, why did I even leave the house? You know, but if you, uh, there, then the flip side is if you get dressed up for a three hour service, you might be like, why, why did I leave the house? <laughs> um, I've been there before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, you know, to really dive into, you know, as a, as a, as a former pastor, you know, we've talked to, we've talked about, how do you separate theology from practice? You know, how do you not make your practice a theology and vice versa? So I think that's really a great thing to look at here as pastors and, um, and tech people like hang out together and talk about this. You know, how do pastors not over theologize? I don't know if that's a word, what we do and how do tech people also respect what, pastors are trying to do and say, okay, the way church looks right now, like we have to accept certain things, accept certain ways that people are going to consume content. And if we continue to push against that and be like, I don't want it to be this way ever. I'm never going to do that. Then, um, you know, people are people are going to leave as much as they love you and care about you. They're going to eventually over time, either their attention is going to leave. They're going to attend a different church online or whatnot. So I think churches can really think about like, what, what does church look like? I, I don't think we're ever going to replace the experience of being together. I think that that is a theology. We, we never replacing the, the meeting together of people in person. Uh, but what, what does that, what does it look like? Does it mean, Hey, we don't do announcements anymore during our live service. We always have those as an on-demand separate thing on our YouTube channel. Like even, I mean, that one comment right there could probably split a church, right? <laughs> you know, um, well, no, Bill always does the announcements, but okay. Well, if you have, um, you know, people viewing online and you want to maybe, tighten up your service a little bit for online. Why not just separate out the announcements and having them on demand? I mean, that's just one of, of many possibilities that you could do to think about um, how, how you uh, approach. Do you, um, I mean, cr you could go to the crazy end. Do you have a, a, a service on Thursday night and you record that service and then you play that one as a live service over the weekend, mm -hmm. live on demand or, or live to tape, you know, as they used to call it. 
I mean, oh, there's so many possibilities, but I think we'll, we'll be limited by, we'll only be limited by our ability to uh, really separate what is the, the thing that we do to honor God versus the thing that we do to really connect with people. And where do those meet? Where can those thing, lines not be crossed and, and whatnot? So that's a, a deep answer, maybe. Oh, that's good. I mean, the, as you, the relationships are going to happen in person. I mean, the, the, uh, and the experience, you know, the deep experience of attending an event is going to happen in person. It's kind of like, you know, why, you know, why do you want to go to the basketball game when you can just watch it on TV? You know, it's because it's just a different experience, you know? Mm-hmm. And so church, I think is going to still retain that experience, but you can, leverage that tv audience that um you know that's that's not going to be a part of that experience you know through other means i really like your idea of um i think we've and we've talked about this with other guests as well as where where you just take the medium and apply it to what i used to do you know like uh cut and paste is what yeah yeah, the cut and paste piece of it rather than trying to utilize it to, I mean, your, your comment about sticking the announcements out as a, a link that I can look at at my own time, or I can look at it in another window while I'm watching this stuff. That's a, that's a way to adapt the technology to address where people are at. And there's no, I'm just here for the message. I want to get the meat from this thing. And I don't really, you know, the, the, the announcements don't apply to me or there'd be maybe people like, man, the announcements are super important. I'm going to pause the live message and go over and, and watch the announcement. So what it does is creates an environment that, that um, you can reach people, you know, to where they're mm-hmm. at and, and kind of change church. I really like that. Um, yeah. I mean, if you want to get even deeper, you could, um, you could, uh, if you're on Facebook, you can capture that traffic and you can retarget your messaging to that traffic. Um, and maybe you want to run, um, a, a, an ad for a very important event and people who have watched your live video, you send them, uh, an ad of your video for that, um, uh, event or, or whatever it is, a series, um, new thing that you're doing. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you can really leverage the technology to accomplish even greater goals. Um, you know, maybe there's, you know, a missions opportunity coming up and, um, you know, you would normally have a missionary stand up on the stage and talk about it and whatnot. We, we did a, um, a live Skype with a missionary halfway across the world. And Mm -hmm. the thing about bringing the, and we're kind of mixing different live ideas in here, but the thing about having this missionary come in over Skype live was in the background was a totally different world and a different country, a different environment. And here he was live in the service talking to us um, from the field. Like that kind of live piece was, I mean, that's, you know, nothing had ever been done like that in the church that I was going at at the time. And and it had a really big impact on people um, being able to, you know, sort of converse with this person live. And, and it wasn't just a, a video message either where they just sent uh, a video. It was, we were right. able to 
ask questions in the service or well, the MC was, you know, right. so well, that was, sounds like, that. that sounds like you brought that whole, that live energy to that service. Right. So people are yes. like, wow, he's really there. I can yes. ask him a question. That's yes. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you talked about and um, live versus on demand and there's, there's good places for on demand. And you talked about the ability to potentially take some content you've created on a Thursday and play it on a Sunday morning. You know, we have, we call that simulated live within our you know product offering. And so are there, are there tips or things that you can do to um, enhance that, pre-recorded message or some mistakes not to make um, when you're doing the pre-recording so that it, so that it works well live. Yeah. Yeah. So when we, when we, um, when our state was in a stay at home order and the churches were allowed to have a, a, sh- a small number of people come and produce a service, but we weren't allowed to have crowds in, in the service. We, um, we pre-recorded uh, the, the, music and pre-recorded the sermon and and they pre-recorded the announcements like normal and that was edited into a service and that was played live simulated live like you said on the sunday morning it was all edited ahead of time and one of the things that we um one of the things that we had to talk with our the people that were on stage was you know you're used to having people and all over and you're talking to them. And if you have a a very good uh, person on stage, they're connecting and they're doing eye contact with the different sections and whatnot. Well, well, people at home, they, they don't, that doesn't really connect with them because they're used to seeing people on TV, you know, looking at them. And so we had to work with um, the, the worship leader that when he would do call outs or prayers that he would acknowledge the camera and that, that we also had to do that with the pastor. And they both said how hard that was to learn that they had to talk to this new person. And you know, who did it perfectly was Mr. Rogers. He would always talk to the camera as a person. And, and um, so I think that's one thing that if you're doing pre-recorded stuff um, you know, you want to make sure that you're, you're looking at the viewer and it's very powerful because if you're looking into a lens, you're looking at, every single person one-to-one whereas at church you you have to you know if you're looking at one you're you're missing all them if you're looking at them you're missing all them but the lens every single person watching that television or app or whatever it feels like you're looking at them so it's extremely powerful politicians do it preachers do it and and it's it's very it's a technique that i think you you have to get out of the awkwardness of looking at nothing (laughs) this Mm -hmm. box and just picture the people that you love out there and connecting with them through that lens. And it, it takes some time, but it, it's, it's, it's yeah. really worth it. Yeah. We used to, uh, I used to teach broadcasting school and we used to, I used to always teach my students, you know, when you're, when you're in front of this microphone or behind it, depending on your, you know, just remember you're talking to one person, one person, and, and smile too, when you talk, even though nobody can see you, they can, they can uh, hear your smile, so to speak. Okay. Uh, so we're running out of time here, but uh, Matthew Fridge has been our, uh, our guest here. I, I want Matthew, you've got a website, I believe called church video coach. Is that what it is? Is the, what's the domain on that? 
Yeah, well, right now we're reworking that um, okay. a little bit, and okay. uh, but I run an, uh, a web and video agency called Headspace Media, Headspace Media, and um, and uh, we'll we'll get the church video coach going okay. again, but really focusing on helping um, overall helping people use video and marketing and the web to connect with people. And uh, we, we like to really help them make their customer or their parishioner, the hero and, um, and connect with them in meaningful ways um, with the technology that's available. Yeah. Headspacemedia.com is, is, is how people could get a hold of you if they want to. Headspace, headspace.media. Oh, I'm sorry. Headspace.media. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sorry about that. No, that's really interesting that, I mean, there's a there's a field that you you fill a gap for that um, four or five years ago um, probably people you'd have a hard time you'd have to spend an hour trying explaining what you're doing, but now I think people they're like whoa I went through COVID I couldn't meet in person I'm so used to you know looking through the crowd and doing I had all these different habits that all worked in person and then this year I had to broadcast everything and I just took my same habits and I took them there and finding that it really didn't work that well. There's some things you could really learn as a, as a pastor to, to change the way you do things to leverage the media. So that's, that's, um, that's good. And I, I would encourage those that get, that are going to master those skills are going to flourish. And those that don't are going to have a hard time. Yeah. So you know, I can really see where it's important to, as we're going through this shift to more live streaming and more on demand to, to do it with excellence. And there's some nuances you pointed out that I didn't think about that was like really exciting. Like, yeah, it does make a whole lot of sense that I thought you were going to say, pretend like there's a bunch of people there. And, but no, you said, look at the camera. I go, Oh, that makes a ton more sense. You know? Um, Good deal. All right. Headspace.media is the website. So, you know, maybe we ought to talk to you later. Uh, We're actually launching a new product. We've been around for about 20 years now. And in fact, this is our 20th year anniversary, and we're actually going to sp- uh, we're actually going to launch a new product here in the next uh, few weeks or so, which uh, I think people will enjoy. It's really going to be a great tool for ministries. So that this is our official teaser for people listening, uh, and you'll hear more yes. about this. So we actually said something about it a couple podcasts ago, but uh, we did. We'll, we'll tease you on this. Maybe we'll maybe we'll talk with Matthew a little bit later as well. So yeah, and we're uh, going to show up. Oh, can't do it. Yeah, I was going to grab a hand. You're going to show. Oh, you're going to show. Give a hand. All right. Okay. Look, we're we're way out of time here, Matt. Thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Well, we'll hopefully have you again if we didn't scare you off. And uh, <laughs> uh, thank you, Steve, for your input as usual. Uh, glad to be here. Well, my name is Phil Thompson, and thank you for spending some time with us today on the Church Solutions Podcast. We'll catch you again next time. Please take care of yourselves.